Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. We are into the 7 o'clock hour on a Thursday night, and that means it is a strike zone hour, all part of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. And I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about what we're going to do for the next half hour or so. In studio, we are very happy to uh, welcome on Stan McNeil. He is a senior writer with Cardinals Magazine, Cardinals Publications. Just recently, the Cardinals 2023 yearbook being put out. It is the legend of five celebrating the greatest Cardinal of the last half century, and of course, talking about Albert Poole. Stan, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Enjoy being here. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we're almost in September. This September is going to be a little different from uh, last September. Just you know, a little. You might remember. Did did you guys have as much fun putting together this yearbook as I think people are uh, having fun reading it? You know, the, the thing about putting it together was we all know how great a player he was. But when you sit down and you're just focusing on – his career, you just, I mean, you, it's just, you shake your head time after time. It's just like, he really did that. You know, he really did that. So it was fun just to kind of, uh, relive in a way, the, the historic, the history that he put together here. Have you guys done that before with the yearbook where it was focused on one single individual? We have, we've, this was actually, uh, at least the fourth one that I've been a part of. We did one, uh, focused on Bob Gibson in uh, 2018 that celebrated that was 50 years after his incredible 1968 season we did that one and then the the following year we did one uh, celebrating 50 15 years of uh, Yachty Molina's career and then last year we did uh, we focused on Adam Wainwright mm-hmm. in the yearbook and uh, you know those those guys all had incredible careers Gibson's Hall of Famer Yachty's going to be a Hall of Famer Adam you know Cardinals Hall of Famer and still, going through their careers and going through Alberts was just like a different level, you know, of of greatness. I mean, I think it, and Wayno Wayno says it in the yearbook and one of the tributes said it was kind of like folklore stuff that uh, that Albert did. I had to chuckle because basically the first big thing as part of it is the forward, which is written by John Mazalock. And I before I even read it, the first thing I thought was, what if you would have told Mo? The day he walked out of the winter meetings and found out that Pujols was signing with the Angels, that 
10, 12, how many years later, he was going to be writing the foreword of something that was dedicated to Pulis' time with the Cardinals. It's really remarkable the things that can happen as time passes. You know, yeah, and uh, Mo has said it uh, several times in the years since Albert left, you know, after, in 2011, that you don't burn bridges. You know, he did not want to burn bridges because I remember I was at in Dallas the morning that that news broke, and uh, Mo just kind of scooted out of yeah. there, really, without talking to anyone. They came back to Bush. They had a press conference that day. A week later, or days later, they had uh, signed Carlos Beltran, and it was like, man, that was a great, great rebound. But, no, I think uh, I give Mo a lot of credit for just kind of not burning any bridges there. And then he says that, you know, it was a long time before Albert even came back to Bush Stadium with the Angels, and the first time that he did – Mo and uh, Bill DeWitt, Mr. DeWitt, were able to sit down with Albert, and uh, Mo thinks that that kind of uh, set them on a on a, a a new, you know, kind of clean clean uh, path forward. That was probably good that it took so long because Cardinals fans were were angry, and if he would have been visiting the next season, it might have been booze and not cheers for him, and maybe that changes the course. You know, yeah, I remember even when he came back the first time, there was a little bit of doubt, like, how are people going to react? You know, is it going to be, will there be some booze? You know, and from what I recall, there were not. It was uh, overwhelmingly uh, positive for Albert, as it, you know, should have been. You went to California. You sat down with him. You guys had lunch at a Panera. Uh, you said he got the U Pick two. Do you remember which items he got on the U Pick two? <laughs> it was a healthy sandwich, okay. but I do not. Of remember. course, it was a healthy and, sandwich. And uh, he had a smoothie. I, I remember that. But yeah, but no. The the thing that I remember most is he offered to pay, and I was like, ah, you know, I'm good. And he goes, hey, this isn't going to happen again. You better take me up on it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then you asked to go to a different, more expensive restaurant, right? <laughs> no. Uh, one of the things that broke in, in this was an injury that he was actually playing through last season that happened in kind of an odd way. Yeah, this is uh, – it just adds to the amazing uh, September he had last year. It was uh, the last trip into Wrigley, and we were just, you know, talking about some of his injuries and his how his legs had, uh, you know, let him down, so to speak, in Anaheim. And the last couple of years, he said uh, they were they were healthy. Twenty twenty two, they were healthy. And then he said, except their last time into Chicago, they were they'd won a game at Wrigley, and uh, he was screwing around in the handshake line and tried to pass Wainwright, and he stepped on Wainwright's heel, and Albert sprained his ankle. And uh, he told me he sprained it so badly that he wasn't sure how he finished the season. Hmm. And I, there was a secret that was kept, but uh, it, you know he 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 just continues that toward run on a, a bum ankle. It, it was yeah, it's remarkable. And, and I do remember last September being in the clubhouse. You know when the media is in there, and there would be times Albert would kind of stroll in from the training room, and I would think like, is he limping? You know or. He's, he is he is old, so maybe he's just old. But is he limping? And, and then then this comes out. But no, that he did. He told uh, you know Ali Marmol knew the trainers knew, of course. And uh, he said that or Wayno says that uh, he reminded him often about it because he kept blaming Wayno about <laughs> for it. Injuries, unfortunately, are a part of his story, and he didn't spend that much time on the the disabled list, injured list in his career. A few stints. 
Uh, Mark McGuire said he might hit 800 if he continued the pace. You, you talked to him about that, and he said, you know, maybe if he doesn't play as much as he played on injuries, he doesn't get to 700. Maybe it would have been 600. But certainly, the knee. There, there was something that came out recently, and, and you talk about it in the in the book about um, the the knee being drained so often uh, when he was in Los Angeles. He was he was banged up in the latter part of his career. You know, he really was banged up his whole career. I mean, even in St. Louis, he played with injuries that, you know, we might have known about, but not not know, might not have known how serious they were. But, uh, no, it, it's remarkable. And, and to me, one of the amazing kind of comebacks he had was in 2011 when he, you know, broke his wrist on a play at first base and was supposed to be out for like five or six weeks and I remember about a week later going into the clubhouse because this was getting close to the All-Star game. And I asked him, like, Albert, would you go to the All-Star game if you can't play, you know, if, if, if you're named to the team? And, man, he gave me a, a, a look like uh, <laughs> could have burned a ho- hole through my head. It's like, who says I'm not going to play? You know, I said, well, you're supposed to be out for five or six weeks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just said, well, we'll see. And uh, what did he end up missing, like 16, 16 days, 14 games or something something like that? And and he was back, and uh, he really had had a slow first half at 2011, but uh, the second half he kind of carried the helped carry the team right to, to the playoffs. Throughout his career, he recovered quickly. He would always give credit to, to God for that, but you also look at uh, the way he would uh, spend time in the training room, what he was uh, what he was putting into his body, not you know not drinking, eating good food, all that sort of stuff. It seems like everything comes together, and he could bounce back as, as well as anybody. Yeah, and, and absolutely, you're right about the way the way he lived. He definitely credits that. But you know, he says when I ask him like, what do you think your best strength, your your most you know your best talent was? And he said, you know, it was his ability to, to come back from from injuries like that. Just his ability to, ability to bounce back was something that uh, you know he he worked he worked at and uh, just had a gift for that. Really, we're talking with uh, Stan McNeil about the, the the fantastic Cardinals 2023 yearbook, which is dedicated to Albert Pujols. A lot more, Stan. Before uh, we go to break, though, if people are interested in getting a copy, what's the best way to do it? The best way is uh, you can call 314-345-9000 or you can go online to cardinals.com slash publications. Or the best way to, for me is just to go to the go to a Cardinals game and buy it at the ballpark. There you go. A lot more Stan McNeil coming up. It's all part of our Strike Zone Hour. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. 
The Strike Zone Hour continues here as part of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Very happy to uh, continue to talk with uh, Stan McNeil, senior writer with Cardinals Publications, Cardinals Magazine, everything they do. Cardinals are as good as any team in baseball when it comes to their internal publications. And uh, we are talking through the 2023 yearbook, which is all focused on uh, Albert Pujols. They title it The Legend of Five. There's a long interview that uh, you did with him, and, and you run it. Uh, he talked about his relationship with Stan Musial and how tough it was for him to come back. And uh, the Cardinals have lost so many Hall of Famers here in, in a relatively recent amount of time and just how it was odd for him to return and not see those guys around. You know, I can remember when those guys were around and Albert was around, how, you know, Albert's eyes would light up when he would see them. And, and you know, Lou Brock's eyes would light up when he would get to talk to Albert, you know. So, uh it and he he was Albert's a guy who definitely respects the the history of the of the franchise and had you know close relationships with with all those guys uh, you know because f- from like two thousand and one through two thousand eleven you know so I thought it was interesting so he didn't strike out very much and he took a lot of pride in not striking out but at the same time uh, he talked about analytics and his quote was. As for the analytics, I didn't get all into that at first, but once I started digging into them, I started believing, but you need to find the balance. So this is a guy who believed in the data that's available in baseball today, while at the same time understood that he did not want to strike out. Yeah, and and I really think, despite what he said, I think Albert was more an old school guy. I think he liked the game the way it was played when he, when he first came up, and uh, you know, not many guys were good with with strikeouts, you know, in the er, in the early two thousands. Uh, and Albert, he, the way he looked at it was a strikeout. You don't do anything. You put the ball in play. Who knows what what might happen? He talked about. Uh, you, you mentioned the uh, the pitcher. If he faced a pitcher a lot, he was going to have success against them. But he also mentioned some of those pitchers out there that, that really had his number. And I thought it was funny. I mean, he remembers the guys that got him out regularly. Yeah, and, and one of those guys was was Bud Norris, who later they were teammates on the Angels, and they had a good time talking about that, or at least Bud had a good time talking about that. But, yeah, Albert, uh, he didn't forget that kind of stuff. I mean, I think, that you know, after finishing this, one of the things that might have been underrated about Albert was just how smart he was, not just as a baseball player, but just how smart a guy he is, you know, and I think that that definitely showed uh, in, in his baseball. He mentioned wanting to mentor players at some point moving forward. He's got so much going on, broadcasting, working with Major League Baseball. He's got kids. He's got a life after baseball. He's got his personal services contract with the Angels. Like There's a, there's a lot of entanglements, but he does seem like somebody that does want to give back to the game. And he'll find a way to do that. I mean, I think he already is. Part of his position with the commissioner is kind of focusing on the Dominican Republic and improving baseball conditions there. And that's something that Albert has always, you know, the, the DR has always been huge to Albert. I mean, he went down, he's gone down there with, for, with his foundation many times. So uh, it'll, to me, it'll be interesting to see. I think there's a spring training game. Uh, a couple of teams are going over to the DR next spring for spring training. And I wouldn't be surprised if not too long after that, we saw a regular season game played in the DR. And if that happens, I think Albert will be kind of a, a key figure in that. 
Cardinals tend to get selected for those type of uh, games too. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad spot. Yeah, yeah that would be uh, that would certainly be a lot of fun. All right, so the format of this it's it's really cool. The, the way folks can kind of go through it, it opens up uh, with uh, John Mozeliak's forward. Then it goes into the interview. There's a few sidebars within uh, the interview. Then you guys go through a kind of a year by year encapsulation of what he did. Have some nuggets on those years. Have the statistics and then tell the story of the year as well. And then you get into to uh, tributes and toast where it seems like just about everybody that ever came in contact with him uh, had something to say. It is, there is so much in this thing. It's it's an exhaustive project. <laughs> but yeah, we talked to, I think, 30, more than 30 folks about Albert, you know, that uh, shared, a, shared stories that they had from, uh, you know, talked to Rene Rojas, who was, might be his oldest childhood friend that he's still close with. He told, you know, Albert talked about last year, remember at the first half when he wasn't going very well. I don't think people realize how close he was to retiring at that point, just giving it up before the second half even got underway. And uh, he knew he has played so much with Renee, who was a a roving coach with a roving hitting coach with the Astros, who happened to be fairly close to Atlanta when the Cardinals were there late last June or late last June, he met up with Renee. They had a session in the batting cage. Renee, you know, figured something out. Albert made an adjustment, and that kind of triggered, you know, his comeback. I mean, we talk about the all-star break when he was at the home run derby and how much that meant to him, but I think it even kind of started a little bit before that. But that's just an example. Renee Rojas, long, you know, known him since he was like five or six years old. He said that uh, they used to – get up, they would go play in the morning, then they would go watch summer league game, then they would play some more. And Renee's like a year older than Albert, and he said Albert was always the one dragging Renee out of bed, making sure he got up because uh, Renee said he didn't – Albert had the discipline at, even at that time, but Renee, it took him a little while to, to get it. How much credit should Oliver Marmel get for essentially convincing Pujols to continue to play? We might never have gotten home run 700 without Ali making sure that Albert stuck around. No, absolutely. And I think not only convincing him to play, but then putting him in the lineup on a more regular basis in the second half. You know, it's at one point I, Albert said, Ali said, okay, it's your, kind of your time now. Let's, let's go. So that, and Albert kind of needed to hear that, I think. Yeah, he he absolutely did, and man, it was. You mentioned at the start of our conversation how different it is from last year. It was the Cardinals were rock stars last year, and you couldn't go anywhere without people taking note of it. He even admitted, kind of in the interview, that he felt the the. You know, I think he said ninety percent or ninety five. I don't remember the the exact percentage he gave, but he said you know he felt the all baseball fans were kind of rooting for him last year. It was it was a great story. I mean, it was kind of going along with Aaron Judge's chase for for sixty, both of them at at the same time. But yeah, you, I, you know, you remember everywhere he went. People, every time he came up, people were standing up, holding their phones, you know, recording, recording the the at bat. I mean, that happened all of last September. Uh, you know, I checked and of the fifteen or sixteen games the Cardinals had at Bush last September, I think all but two had more than forty thousand fans. And you know, that was, uh, you know, they were we had the playoff team, but I think a lot of that was also Albert's chase for seven hundred. All right, so if again, I want to make sure that people know how to get their hands on this because it is fantastic, and every Cardinals fan is going to want to read this from cover to cover. Once again, how do people get uh, their hands on it? 
easiest way, you can go online, cardinals.com slash publications and order it there. Or you can call 314-345-9000. Or if you're at a Cardinals game, you can buy it, uh, buy it at Bush Stadium. And this isn't the only thing that Cardinals Publications put out. You've got the Cardinals magazine. You've got the, the calendar that comes out every year. You guys, Yeah, you guys produce a lot. Yep. We're busy. <laughs> yes, you are very busy. Stan McNeil, thank you so much for taking the time. Fantastic job that you and everybody involved. I know it, it, it's a team effort uh, with everybody part of Cardinals Publications, but this is something to absolutely be proud of. It's so cool. And if, you know, I, um, there was a couple moments as I'm reading it and I kind of got choked up just uh the first time was uh when he was recalling uh coming back to St. Louis for the first time and the crowd and Adam Wainwright talking about you know the the ovation that he got like there's so much emotion that goes along with the Cardinals and goes along with Albert Pools. Yeah, and uh I think 5 years from now it might even be more yeah. more like that, you know, as, as time goes on. But no, uh, thanks thanks for having me on. It uh always enjoy talking to Albert Pools. That is uh, Stan McNeil. Again, you want to pick this thing up for yourself. It is um, the Cardinals' 2023 yearbook, The Legend of Five, celebrating the greatest Cardinal of the last half century. Uh, Generally, when I have conversations like this, I don't want to give too much away. I just talked with Stan for a half hour, and I barely gave anything away that's in this. There are so many great nuggets, so many great stories. Uh, You are going to really enjoy reading this for yourself, so make sure to get yourself a copy of it. We will take a break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to the Pirates series. John Parado, a longtime uh, member of the media who has covered uh, the Pirates, he's going to join us coming up in just a moment or so. It's the Strike Zone, all part of a Graybar Sports Open line right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. It is the Strike Zone Hour, and it's all part of a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. What's on deck is sponsored by Chesterfield Fence and Deck. The sign you have the very best. What is on deck is a weekend series against the Pittsburgh Pirates that will begin tomorrow night, and we are very happy to welcome on to the program. He is a part of the team over at uh, Pittsburgh Baseball Now. He is John Parado. You follow him on Twitter at JPER. R-O-T-T-O. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing good, Matt. How are you? Doing all right. John's joining us via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. All right, so I've... I've been as high on the Pirates as you can possibly be over the last couple of years, and I thought this is the year that maybe they would flirt with 500. And I, I've always liked the young talent on this team, and I know they're coming off a three-game series sweep of the Royals, but it just hasn't happened for them this year. What's what's stopping them from maybe taking that next step? You know, they got off to a great start. They were 20 and eight uh, on April. 29th, and it looked like maybe they were going to be surprise contenders this year. Maybe this would be kind of one of those special out-of-nowhere seasons that happens now and again. Then everything just fell apart. They had a couple guys hurt, but that, that totally wasn't the only reason. I mean, uh, you know, and a lot of guys just stopped hitting, and, and a lot of their pitchers <laughs> stopped uh, getting people out, but the hitting just uh, really went south after the first month of the season. Uh, a lot of guys didn't didn't hit at all, and it really, they didn't play good baseball for about a three month stretch until finally here 
over the last um, six weeks, they're 20 and 19, which isn't great, but certainly better than, than they played for like three months. So, you know, just one of those things where the bottom fell out in a hurry, and a lot of it was they couldn't score runs. Is it, what's to blame for that? If you got to point at one thing, is there one thing to point at? Not so much. You know, that that's sort of the baffling part. You know, the plate discipline's not great, and they're, they're one of the higher strikeout teams in the league. And, and that was a little frustrating because early in the season, they had one of the best on base percentages in the major leagues when they did get off to the great start. And their guys were taking pitches. They were taking their walks. And then it seemed like they lost a few games. You know, they, they went into Tampa and they got beat by or swept by the Rays. And then they came home and got swept by the Blue Jays. And that was six losses in a row. And all of a sudden they went from 20 and 8 to 20 and 14. And it seemed like everybody collectively started pressing and going outside the strike zone, chasing pitches, uh, bad pitches. And it just, as, as much as the good hitting was contagious for the first month of the season, bad hitting was contagious for the next couple months. It's kind of funny. We go back to April and the two teams played a four-game series here in St. Louis, and we were billing that series as a series that that mattered and had implications and all of that, and now here we are, and the Pirates and the Cardinals are the two bottom teams in the division. It's kind of, I mean, obviously the Pirates, I'm not surprised because I really didn't have high hopes for them this year, but certainly the Cardinals has, has been a shock. Uh, you know, you, you look at a team that won the division last year, it's been competitive for so many years. Uh, you know, either they've been in the playoffs or they've contended for the playoffs year after year after year. And to see things kind of fall apart. And I knew with Yadier Molina and, and Albert Pujols that things would be different, but I saw Ali Marmo in spring training, and he seemed very upbeat. He thought that, you know, they were ready to win, you know, life after Albert and, and Yachty, and uh, it just didn't happen. I mean, it really surprised me. And, and to be quite honest, I, they were in Pittsburgh here in the early part of last week, and they looked dead. I mean, they looked like uh, a couple of their players looked like they were just going through the motions, waiting for the season to get over with. It's you mentioned spring training. That's the thing that I'm still trying to get my hands around because Cardinals spring training went as well as it could have gone. They won games. They performed well. Not everybody was there because of the World Baseball Classic, but basically anything that could go right did go right during spring training, and then all of a sudden it turned into this season, and I think that kind of also led to just the, the momentum wasn't just from the off season. The momentum continued into spring training, and then all of a sudden, once the regular season got started, it wasn't there. You know, and that was the thing, watching from afar, uh, the Cardinals, I didn't see anything to me that portended this happening. Yeah. I didn't think, you know, anything. I mean, obviously, you ought to retiring, but they went out and they signed Wilson Contreras, an all-star caliber player, and I thought, well, you know, they've done pretty well to do the best they can to replace a franchise icon here. But I, I must admit, I, I didn't see it coming either. And just, uh, you know, talking to people around the Cardinals, it just, like, started bad and just kept snowballing. And and I know, like I said, they, they you could tell it's been a frustrating year talking to some of their players last week when they were here. And, you know, even talking to Ollie, I mean, it just uh, – it wasn't the year that anybody saw coming. And it's, uh, you know, when you're used to winning year after year after year after year, it's, uh, 
it's a tough pill to swallow when you have a bad year like this. And really, they haven't had a bad year like this in 20-some years. I love O'Neal Cruz's game, and he's only played in nine games this year due to injury. And then it really feels like there's been some weird stuff here over the last week or so. Reports that yeah, his, his rehab had plateaued, and uh, that you know they were going to stop some things. And then a report that you know he still wanted to play again this season. It just feels like there's a lot of mixed messages coming forward about whether or not we're going to see O'Neal Cruz again this season. Well. There has been a lot of miscommunication, apparently, between the training staff, the front office, and the player himself, because they've given like about 72 different versions of what's going to happen since, since he got hurt April 9th. The day he got hurt was Easter Sunday. He slid, had an awkward slide in the home plate against the White Sox and, and it broke his ankle. And I was told by a couple of people in the know with the Pirates that day that he won't play again this year. It's that severe, the the broken ankle. And I mean that that's a serious injury for any athlete in any sport. I mean, you just you don't come back from a broken ankle in six weeks. I mean, it's a severe injury. And I wrote it and then a lot of people, some of the organization gave me grief and said, Well, nobody said he was going to be out all year and I said, Oh yes, they did. <laughs> and it was you know, and then they gave a four-month timeline, and it became pretty apparent three after three months that he wasn't close to coming back to playing in, in four months. And, you know, now they say they want to shut him down. He says he, he doesn't want shut down. And I really don't think with 20-some-odd games left, it, it really makes any sense for anybody to put him on the field now. And I know he probably wants some peace of mind going into the off season. But I just don't see anything to gain by, by playing him now. And I, I really don't think he's going to play again this year. We continue to keep an eye on Johan Oviedo, a, a former Cardinal who came over in the Jose Quintana trade last week. And his last time out was his best career performance against Kansas City. Complete game shutout, gives up just two hits, five strikeouts, only two walks. He's been on a pretty good run. His ERA in the month of August was sub three. Uh, he had just one not so great start uh, in that period. That was a start against Cincinnati where he gave up six runs. I guess he had a four inning appearance as well against the Mets. But overall, he's been trending in the right direction. But what clicked for him in that Kansas City game? He really is. And, you know, what, what's quick for him in the Kansas City game is kind of a carryover from, from much of the season. He, he throws more strikes than he did earlier in the year and, and during his time at the Cardinals. He's really starting to refine his command. I think everyone knows, as, as you well know from seeing the St. Louis, nobody's ever questioned his stuff. I mean, he, he, he he's really can overpower people at times. It's just that the, the consistent strike throwing had eluded him. But, you know, he's really been, and I know he had some rough spells, and you look at his record, and, you know, it's certainly not a great record. But this is a guy that really wasn't supposed to make the team in spring training. The, the grand plan was to give him a few months in AAA to, to keep stretching him back out as a starter because, as you remember, the Cardinals had moved him to the bullpen last year. And uh, they got a couple guys hurt late in spring training, and they needed him in the big league rotation, and he was up and down, and then he had some took some lumps. But you're just seeing a guy just growing into his uh, – getting comfortable in his own skin, Matt. He uh, – you can see that confidence growing, and, and it looks like uh, he's going to live up to the promise that, that he had back when the Cardinals signed him out of Cuba all those years ago and, and thought that he could be a uh, 
a very good big league pitcher. John Parado joining us as he uh, covers the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, part of the team at uh, Pittsburgh Baseball. Now, I'll finish you off with this prediction time, John. The Pirates have a three-game lead on the Cardinals for last place in the NL Central. Do the Pirates hold off the Cardinals, or do the Cardinals leapfrog them into fourth place before the season's over? Uh, the Pirates are capable of blowing any lead at any time, so I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say they're going to finish ahead of the Cardinals because the Cardinals, I'm just going to say, I think, the one thing the Pirates have is they have like 12 rookies on their on their roster now. So you have a bunch of guys who are really trying to make an impression for the long term here to show that they belong. So I think they have more players. And I mean, I know the Cardinals have some really good young guys too, uh, you know, that they've called up here over the course of the season. But But I just think this is a team that, had no great expectations coming in, so they're not ready to, to you know, cash it in for the year. And I think they'll keep playing hard to the end, and they have a little more motivation to try to win than, than the Cardinals have for this last month. All right, there you go. There's the prediction. He is John Parado. Follow him on Twitter at J-P-E-R-R-O-T-T-O. Uh, he contributes to uh, Pittsburgh Baseball Now in addition to a number of other publications. John, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. I'm sure we'll do it again real soon. Oh, my pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. You bet. There's John Parado joining us here on Sports Open Line and on the Strike Zone right here on KMOX. We will take a break and continue on in just a moment. This is a Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Back at it as we are into the final segment of our program tonight, the Strike Zone, our all-baseball hour. It's all brought to you by Gray Bar. Also, uh, we want to talk to you about Building the Future. It's sponsored by Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs. Let's take a look at what Mason Wynn has done so far in his short Cardinals tenure, hitting 171. However, he does have hits in back-to-back games, and he had a huge impact on each of those walk-off wins uh, two games ago. He kept a ball on the infield, which stopped a run from scoring in the top of the 10th inning. And then yesterday he was able to extend the game with a hit before Tommy Edmond hit the home run. So it has been fun to see uh, what Mason Wynn has been able to do. Uh, We're supposed to do nothing but baseball here in the 7 o'clock hour, but I'm going to break the rules a little bit right now as uh, we're going to welcome on the program somebody that you hear a lot of if you listen to Sports Open Line and listen to uh, the evening hours here at KMOX. That is our uh, news anchor reporter, Sean Michael Lyle, but tonight is his final night here yeah. at KMOX. Hey, Sean. Hey. Well, we can still talk baseball. Mason Wynn, yes. the thing that you got to say about that hit that he got ahead of Tommy Edmond, even though it didn't matter because it was a home run, the way he stretched that single into a double at a time that they needed to get the tying run, that was manning up. Yeah, the mentality of it. Yeah. And, and I think the day before, keeping that ball on the infield. I mean, yeah. that's a huge play that doesn't show up in the box score. Right, and he did not throw. Yeah. The, the best a rookie would throw. Right. He didn't. Yeah, especially when you got an arm that can throw 100 miles per hour Absolutely. over there. Yeah. Why, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been fun to watch him. Yeah. Wanted to bring you on. We'll talk a little sports yeah, here in a moment. we got like three minutes left. But um, 
you've since I've been here for the last year plus, mm-hmm. you've been the person here in the evening. I, I'm not ready to have a different news anchor during these hours, so I want to tell you you're not allowed to leave, but well, you're leaving nonetheless. That's too darn yeah. bad. Yes, I am coming to the conclusion of a 43-year career in broadcasting. How, I am retiring as of today. How many different markets have you worked in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I for much of my career I was kind of a kind of a hired gun where I'd go into a, you know smaller markets uh, clusters of stations that needed uh, uh, help and I'd be the operations manager and kind of straighten things out spend a few years there and then when they got to number one then I would move on and do it again somewhere else. What's the most memorable thing for you here at KMOX specifically? Uh, talking to you right now. That's no, a lie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it, the, the, well, okay, I should say I should say this that I've never cared about awards. I've gotten a few over the years for various things. Uh, Much of my career, I was disc jockey and program director, operations manager, engineer, all that stuff. Uh, But uh, winning the award for the uh, the Edward R. Murrow Best Newscast National, I, I typed up a list of the stations who were the finalists. And, and the ones that, well, to put it mildly, we beat for that award. And to have won that award two out of three years... That is basically the, the epitome of radio news. And we're talking about, you know, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, everywhere, you know, all the radio stations. So, yeah, the highlight is just working in what is, and people need to know this, and I hope they appreciate it, the best radio newsroom in the United States. It's incredible what you guys do, and everybody plays a huge role in in just the whole process, and I am I am in awe every day of what goes on behind the windows uh, in this studio. Yeah, and and also, and I was mentioning this as I was saying goodbye to some of the people leaving, That, and I'll, once again, I hope the listener appreciates that the, the number of people, and I'll say salaries because being a former manager myself, the number of salaries that KMOX throws onto this radio station, both on the air and behind the scenes, um, there just aren't radio stations these days that do that anymore. No. And and this is really the most professional and peopled radio station that you're going to find. And I'm talking about New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. This is bigger than that. So I hope people appreciate it. And that's, that's why I, I, you know, I have no problem walking away after 43 years because, to me, I've reached the pinnacle. And and after winning that award, and I was the leadoff hitter for the newscast that won. I, I had the top story, and then other great reporters had other stories. Uh, you can't do better than that, so that's a good time to go out on top. Sean, we are going to miss you. Well, thank you. I'm going to miss... Well, no, I'm not. I'll be sitting there with my wife watching Sunsets in Las Cruces, New Mexico. All right, so. well, en- enjoy it. Thank you for coming in. Thank we you. didn't get to talk soccer because I'm almost done, uh, but I wanted to make sure to have you in before you were uh, done officially here at KMOX. Okay, thank you. That's Sean Michael. He'll have the news in about four minutes, so uh, he's going to scurry out of the studio. Uh, but it is certainly, we wish him well in his retirement. But we also, at the same time, will very much miss him. And uh, he's you can name any human being, basically, and he's got a story. And more often than not, it's a story that directly involves him. He is uh, a resource and a, a great person that we're going to miss here at KMOX. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Cardinals Baseball right here on KMOX. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.